Last week on The Slut Show, I recently destroyed a door with my dildo. <laughs> Girl, what the fuck? How old were you when you first had sex? Your first orgasm, do you remember it? No, I cannot tell you. I do not remember. I do. Yeah? <laughs> what was your first time high? Honestly, I've gotten high so many times I lost count. Give to your partner sex toys. It's not, it's a supplement. It's gonna make your life a whole lot easier. Trust me, your tongue and your fingers will be a whole lot less tired. Something was happening in my pants that I hadn't happened that hadn't happened before. <laughs> <laughs> I have a vibrator that I accidentally broke in half. Not with my coochie. <laughs> Oh my god, have you ever used drugs? For one, I'm Dutch. I remember, I was like, holy shit, I want to do that again. <laughs> Welcome to the first episode of season four. Uh, I was uh, actually planning on not swearing this season. Well, <laughs> honey, I failed. This week on The Slut Show. They're just trying to control what we do with our bodies. Again, cisgendered people controlling trans people's bodies yep. while who is in charge of your body? I, I'm pretty sure you are we the are, only yeah. one who is in charge of your body. So they are creating an atmosphere which pushes you into treatment when you're not sure which yep. is the fucked up part. Absolutely. We need to include trans people in the process because we know best uh, what how it feels in our bodies. And it's really strange that there are no trans people working there. Yep. What would you say is the sluttiest thing, kinkiest, fetishist thing you've ever done? You can name a couple. We, we have all the time in the world, honey. That's true, that's true. <laughs> it's crazy. I have so much discussion with people who say, but it's just not uh, grammatically it's not incorrect. Grammatic. Fuck you. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. Three, two, one. Hey, thank you so much for listening. No matter when you are listening, no matter where you are, get comfortable. Get yourself a cup of tea, a glass, or an entire bottle of wine. Maybe smoke a blunt, get under a blanket, grab yourself some popcorn, and enjoy this week's episode of The Slut Show with Ellen Moore. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary beans, and any and everyone in between, my name is Ellen Moore, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Slut Show, the second episode of season four. I am so excited for who I have in the studio with me today. He is not a non-binary bombshell, an intersectional feminist, a queer activist, and an actor. I'm talking about the one and only Dang. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you in the studio. I'm so excited to be here. We're going to talk about so many different kinds of things. Um, the difference between being seen as a woman um, versus being being seen and passing as a man by the world and how that impacts life and why feminism is also a, nece a necessity for men, non-binary people, everyone. Um, but before we're going to get into all the goods. The Slut Show with Ellen Moore. The podcast slash talk show about shit you and I have to deal with on a daily basis. About feminism, insecurities, feeling like a bomb-ass bitch, and obviously about loads of sex. Enjoy your weekly dose of empowerment. Your weekly dose of empowerment. What's the most empowering thing you did lately? Oh god, it's always a difficult question, mm -hmm. but I guess I really love not wearing a shirt but it always takes a lot of courage because i'm yeah. not like uh, super fit i don't uh, fit the the body standards we hold mm -hmm. uh, so it's always a bit of a struggle but i love doing it so every time i Good. do it it's like empowering as shit. good for you you're yeah. allowed to swear so i just Good. i kind of gave up with trying to bleep you know yeah. i yeah. just <laughs> 
that's a whole nother job. You um, were born, you were assigned female at birth, yeah. and um, you identify as non-binary transmasculine, is that correct? No, just non-binary. Okay, so, cool. Because I am trans, so I'm non-binary and trans. Right. And my gender expression could be seen as masculine, so right. I get why people say transmasculine. Mm -hmm. It's also how I identified for a time, but mm -hmm. now that I see it's all uh, constructs, I like right. to let it go and just be non-binary, finery, cool. as I am. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's that's really important to yeah. be able to because sexuality and gender are both fluid. And um, absolutely. Yeah. Good for you for living your truth. Thanks. I'm so excited to get into all the goods uh, and in detail about uh, the way you came out, the way you learned about yourself, and I hope that people watching are also gonna. Um, enjoy hearing it but mostly it's gonna I feel like it's gonna help people who are in the same situation right now um, but I mean no such without slutty science so let's dive right into it yeah I got some slutty science for you because we like to stick to facts slutty science with whenever I say I'm a feminist the first thing people and by that I mean men say is usually Oh, but it isn't that bad nowadays, is it? Come on, we live in the Netherlands. Don't be such a little bitch. So let's talk statistics. One in five girls in the world are married before 18. That adds up to 12 million girls who become child brides every single year. That comes down to one girl becoming a child bride every two seconds. Over 650 million women alive today were married as children. Women are 47% more likely to suffer severe injuries in car crashes because safety features are designed for men. Only 22% of all professionals are women, and according to the World Economic Forum, it will take another 180 years to close the global gender gap if we continue our fight for equal rights for all genders at this pace. The World Bank's recent Women, Business and the Law report measured gender discrimination in 187 countries and found that only six countries give women equal legal work rights as men. With Belgium, Denmark, France, Latvia, Luxembourg and Sweden paving the way to close the gender gap, we still have a long-ass way to go, and yes, even in the Netherlands. As a matter of fact, in all those 187 countries, there is still a long way to go. The majority of media, news and entertainment branches are run by men. The Gina Davis Institute analyzed 120 theatrical releases between 2010 and 2013 in 10 countries and found that only 30.9% of speaking characters were female. 69.1% of speaking characters were as you guessed, male. In the United States, women still do almost twice as much unpaid care work as men. 54% of women against 22% of men report doing almost all the housework. Among individuals who earn the majority of their household's income, 43% of women who are the primary household income earners continue to do all or most of the household work compared to only 12% of men doing that same thing. Working women are more likely than their male colleagues to have a working spouse. 81% of women are part of a dual career couple and have two careers to balance, whereas only 56% of men are part of a dual career couple. 
These baffling structures of gender inequality have been associated with a culture of violence against women. More about that in episode 4 of this season. Remember how at the beginning of this piece of slutty science I told you that 12 million girls become child brides every day? We have come to the end of this piece of slutty science, which means that by now over 90 girls have turned into child brides. That's some fucked up statistics. Absolutely. Blows my mind. I know it, right. but it still blows my mind. Right. Yeah. When you summarize it and read it aloud, all that information, which is all so true and so real. It's, yeah. it's baffling. And it shows that men who say stuff like, uh, we don't need feminism anymore, don't really know the stuff, don't know the, the numbers. And that's, it's crazy. If you hear this, you can't say feminism is not needed. Ha- huh? <laughs> yeah, what? What? Yeah, right. I, I just don't understand. Yeah. Like, why? You don't, you didn't do your research. Why, mm-hmm. why would you say so? Shut up. Come on. Mm-hmm. That's man for you. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Some of them. Not all of them, but most. A lot of them. A lot of them. Cis yeah. heterosexual white men aren't... The worst. Yeah. 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 I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, kicking off the season right. <laughs> um, you identify as non-binary. Yeah. How old were you when you came out? Well, it was a process. It was totally a process. I came out as uh, a lesbian when I was 14, when I first met my uh, first girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that gave me a lot of freedom already because for lesbian girls, it's uh, it's way more accepted to wear like masculine clothes right. and be more masculine. So for everyone, it felt like all oh, the puzzle pieces came together right. or something. But I'm, I noticed that the more I, well, I, I grew older, of course, that helped. Of course, yeah. And um, I noticed that I still didn't feel truly myself mm-hmm. uh, regarding my gender identity. So I started researching and I think the first time I came in contact with uh, trans people was uh, through social media, through right. Instagram. So that really paved the way for me because before fuck is happening outside i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's like thunder coming slowly i know what it is but sorry guys i, th- I think someone I think having construction a, work oh, i thought fuck. it was like a really old vibrator it sounds like a really <laughs> old vibrator it's got turned on yes <laughs> i came in contact with uh, people through social media and that helped a lot mm-hmm. uh, and i think i was like 20 when I started to think well maybe I'm because I noticed I knew I wasn't a female that right. felt very strong for me and uh, especially that having uh, boobs was really not who I was so mm-hmm. that that was something I was really sure about that that didn't fit who I really was so yeah. when I was around 20 I uh, enrolled in like the few uh, gender uh, treatment stuff so and I had like to wait for like a year so that's nothing compared to how it's oh now but it was still a long time and then I had like this very thorough psychological reassessment and it took like a year very long and then I got my uh, official diagnosis uh, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I, I noticed that there wasn't really any space for doubts or insecurities or questions. So I thought there's two kinds of trans people, trans women and trans men. That was right. the only option. And also at the clinic, I was helped 
uh, it was very, uh, uh, very clear that you only had that choice. So right. I thought, okay, I have to say I'm, a, I want yeah. to be a man, and so I kind of got my way through it. And when I started, uh, well, the first thing I w- knew I wanted was to get my breast removed, but mm-hmm. that was not a possibility. Why wasn't it? Because you had to be on hormones for a year. And I didn't, at that point, I didn't really was sure I wanted hormones. Mm -hmm. I really wanted a a mustache and a beard. So those things were in my mind. And Mm -hmm. I thought, well, if that's what necessary. uh, So I started hormones and actually I was pretty happy to do so. It was Mm -hmm. really good for me and it really made me feel so much secure. And then the rules changed, so I didn't didn't have to be on hormones for a year, mm-hmm. but it has to be for like half a year. And I was okay. half a year when right. they changed that. Luckily, so I was very, good. very lucky. So I mm-hmm. really got my uh, top surgery really fast after that. That's and awesome. Yeah, that's pretty much my uh, my transitioning on medical... Mm-hmm. Uh, medical I, terms. Yes, exactly. Right. And uh, I uh, at, through the process, I noticed that I didn't really f- also feel like a man completely. I didn't really know what m- being a man was. I knew better how it was to be a female in that way because I was socialized and I, I grew so up like that. Con- were conditioned. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that was my life. So, and I noticed it didn't really fit me as well to say I was a man. So mm-hmm. although uh, people did understand that better, mm-hmm. they understood if I was like, I wanted to be a man, mm-hmm. but uh, through the process, I found out that being non-binary is also a thing, and mm-hmm. that really, f- for me, that made all the all the changes. So yeah. that was not something that they told you at the Jenner clinic. No, absolutely not. No, definitely not. What is it like now? Well, it's I I I don't. They say they changed it, but. I don't know. I, I, I've heard so many stories of people telling uh, they uh, talked about their uh, uh, fears or their uh, doubts and that that immediately had consequences for their process. So I get why people don't do that. And it's so unsafe. Holy shit, but that is really fucked up because if you create an atmosphere where you cannot ask questions, like what they're trying to do is... Um, see how sure you are and if you're unsure they don't give you the treatment yeah. because they want to prevent you from going through treatment that is irreversible yeah but they're creating an atmosphere which pushes you into treatment when you're not sure which yep. is the fucked up part absolutely yeah it's really really it's absolutely a gateway and gatekeeping they're just trying to control what we do with our bodies right in a way and i know it comes from some sort of good intention right it it comes from we want to help you guys but they also have like this monopoly here in the amsterdam treatment center so it's really tough even me i now am three and a half years on hormones and i still have to go to the food to get my uh prescriptions and to get my blood drawn although uh my uh, GP could do that easily. And my place is being used while so many people are waiting to start, you know? So that's very troubling, I think, yeah. It is absolutely troubling. There's actually a whole Instagram page, for those who might might not know, Vu, gender mistreatment. 
Um, I talked quite extensively uh, with Dane about that, um, and it just basically shows all the stories of people who are going yeah. through, uh, well, gender treatment in whatever way, shape, or form, and how fucked up view is functioning. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, I think, like you said, uh, they're trying to control our bodies, and that, ex- that is exactly it, because it's again cisgendered people controlling trans people's bodies yep. while who is in charge of your body i th- i'm pretty sure you are we the are, only yeah. one who is in charge of your body so yep. what do you feel like needs to change in order for that to become better well first things first they need to stop monopolizing the care they need to spread and make sure every hospital has a place to treat trans people just like every hospital has a place to to have someone with bowel problems and you know we have all these uh, uh, departments so why not create a department and besides that we need to include trans people in the process because we know best uh, what how it feels in our bodies and it's really strange that there are no trans people working there it's just really strange and besides that I think we need to change the psychological tr- uh, stuff in uh, that it's not like a test and you don't have to like be uh, prove your yeah, prove but that it's helping you and and supporting you and uh, having those a safe space to talk about your uh, doubts and without having that uh, having yeah exactly right so much yeah so yeah it's truly insane um i feel like I, I cannot, I don't have anything to say about this because I don't have anything to say about it. And I know my place in that. I want to listen. Like, I feel like people sometimes forget that if you want to make the world a safer space for trans people, it starts with listening instead of talking. Absolutely. Start listening to their stories. Start mm-hmm. listening to what's going wrong. Start showing up at protests and be an ally. Yeah. Um, share the things on your Instagram story. Put your pronouns in your bio do the stuff that makes it a safer space for them because you have already enough things to worry about and to stress about how were you raised in regards to feminism well i think my family is in that way quite traditional although um i in my youth i didn't really uh, experience any of the gender constructs so my parents were pretty freely with uh, raising me so I could choose cool. my own clothes I could nice. choose my own toys and I, I was really free in that so up a point to when I got puberty mm-hmm. when puberty hit me mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it hit it, me like a truck oh yeah it, it, it was that's when I started noticing that I was uncomfortable with being female and uh, not fitting with who I felt and so that's and now looking back I can see some points where it was already very noticeable I what are those moments well it's tough because it's also very um, because when I say well I wore uh, boyish clothes it's also Mm -hmm. very influenced by the constructs right so that's what i'm on one way i could say yeah i I was really a boyish girl or something but yeah is that really like a a pinpoint or something yeah yeah so maybe i'm just like that right yeah right so yeah it's tough for me to 
pinpoint those stuffs without seeing that it's also uh, um, influenced by the constructs and stuff. Yeah. yeah. The gender constructs are so uh, deeply rooted in our society. It is what we base everything off. Yeah. We initially, like it's funny, when you don't know the gender of a person, you automatically, in Assume. Dutch especially, you say either he, but you can also say them kind of, the version. Mm. And people mm -hmm. have a really easy time doing it then, but as soon as you say my pronouns are they, them, yeah. they don't know how to do it no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the it's, fuck is that about? It's crazy. I have so much discussion with people who say, but it's just not uh, grammatically not incorrect. Grammatic? Fuck you. And they'll, they'll use it in sentences so easily without even noticing it. It's crazy. You use it without noticing it. And oh my God, I can't. Uh, I had a conversation with Dane about this. S stick stick around for that mm -hmm. episode. It's going to be good. It's actually the season finale of season five. So you're going to have to wait, but it's going to be good. Um, and he, he actually said something along the lines of, you know that you always have a grandpa or an uncle in your family who is called, let's say, uh, uh, Johannes. And you call him Hans because that's how he asks you to call him. Mm -hmm. And you just call him that. And no one ever calls him Johannes. Yeah. So why the fuck are you asking for, for a dead, the dead name of a trans person? Yeah. It's it's crazy, but it's it shows how much uh, cis people are f fixated on the trans experience and especially the trans body. Yeah, I feel like it is rooted from a fear of trans people being afraid that you will wake up being trans yourself. Yeah, yeah. or that it's like if you can give it, like I can give it to you by like you're being in, in the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's interesting to say that. If you are so scared of being trans, what are you scared of? Being yeah. treated the same way that you treat them? Mm -hmm, probably. Think about and that. Think I mean, about that. Yeah, that's a good one, though. Yeah. And I believe, I mean, we all grew up, grow up in the same uh, patriarchal... Uh, uh, Shit show. Yes, exactly. So it, we all internalize it, especially uh, uh, LGBTQ plus people. We really internalize the way uh, the norms are being put out there. So I still struggle, even though I'm pretty damn happy right now i'm the best i've ever been but i still I struggle thanks but i still struggle with internalized homophobia internalized transphobia uh and even the patriarchy i mean i find it sometimes very uncomfortable to be seen as a man because that is not uh, my experience yeah so that's also what does your passport say? Do you have an X? No, sadly I don't. I wish I have an M. Are you so. trying to trying to file for that? Somehow? It's very expensive uh, at this point, so I'm. How much are we talking? I believe because it has to go via court. Right. So you pay for your lawyer, and I, I guess it's the like the king's got to sign somewhere, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm real. Uh, I, I see uh, and I know a lot of uh, non-binary people who are fighting this now so I right. really really hope it the law changes very soon it needs to yeah definitely yeah I I just don't understand why these laws function that way it just it's also so ridiculous because like all the organizations the uh, COC and uh, trans network N Netherlands they all put out this uh, beautiful program from of what needs to change and like government took like two of those stuff and said that's fine well, the rest is too much it's like what
In the Netherlands, people who don't identify with the binary system of the world we live in remain to have their sex, the way it was assigned at birth, stated on their official documents. Right now, people with non-binary gender identities and those who don't identify with any kind of binary need to file a lawsuit and have a judge allow an X to be stated on their official documents. Getting gender identities legitimized is an incredibly important, valuable way of increasing both social and legal acceptance of non-binary gender identities. Therefore, the It's Time for an X petition was brought to life. This petition asks to allow non-binary folks and those who don't identify with any type of binary to have the choice for an X on their passport without having to file a lawsuit and pay the bizarre amounts of money the system now requires. Head over to the link in our YouTube description box to sign this petition and directly contribute to making the world a safer space for all people regardless of their gender identities. When we had our, our pre-conversation, for those who don't know, I always have pre-conversations with guests, because otherwise I don't know who the fuck I'm going to invite to my <laughs> studio, which is my home, so... Um, and we discussed how um, first society considered you a, a white cis chick, and now society looks at you often as a white cis heterosexual male. Yeah. What is it like? What is the biggest difference in, in treatment? I guess the biggest difference is the automatic freedom you get. The It's like you get to take up so much more space so much more easily. I mean, and f besides that, the fear. I mean, I'm so much less afraid. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I think it is so interesting, though, because you are literally... You could be seen as like a test trial case in which you can literally like demonstrate that the patriarchy is still very much very alive. much alive very very much yeah. right yep. can you give us a couple of very uh, concrete examples of how treatment was different in comparison to when you were considered to be a cis white chick well um i guess everyone is way nicer to me uh i never get to hear that i'm like pathetic or like if i'm emotional which i because of hormones get less but it's not that much of a problem i used to get all the well the, the misogyny mm -hmm. uh, with the troubled woman and um, hysterical stuff and i never get that people uh, i could say the basic shit i could say basic shit which is not true and people are way more likely to believe it uh if i uh walk in a store uh, people make space for me if i walk uh, on the streets people are more likely to step away from me people are uh, more trusty they it's, it's really ridiculous and uh, yeah it's, it just i have so much more space it's yes yeah. I, I just can't yeah it's I, I I sorry I just don't know what to, what to say for a second and do, that doesn't happen often. Mm, yeah, it's really ridiculous. Yeah. I know that you told me that you were uh, going away for a weekend with uh, your girlfriend and we were going on a holiday for a weekend and they showed us the uh, it was like a tiny house on oh, a, a, by a lake it was very Thank nice you. and they showed us the place and he only talked to me only to me he never looked at my girlfriend and uh, another time we went uh, she has a car so we brought that to the garage she brought that alone and gave all the instructions I barely drive the car I had know nothing about cars nothing we went to pick up the car she dropped it off right he only talked to me 
He explained everything to me. He never looked at her. It was ridiculous. See, this happened to me a couple of weeks ago when I went to um, Praxis, which is like a Dutch place where you get like your um, uh, tools and, tools stuff. and yeah. shit, like um, tools. And I'm I'm pretty handy. I'm not that handy, but I, I know how to, you know, um, stick yeah. this shit to the wall uh, and hot iron a whole wall. <laughs> That's handy. Yeah. I mean, just saying. Yeah. We're creative. Um, and I was there with a friend of mine, uh, a male friend, a white heterosexual male friend, uh, sis, and um, he, the, the store manager explained everything to him and I was standing there. I was the one paying for it. Honey, I'm the one paying. I don't know wh- what you're looking at him for, but I'm the one who's going to be swiping my card. So you better look at my fucking face. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And I called him out on it. I said, why are you looking at him when I'm the one who's getting this stuff? And, yeah. he, and he literally said, you don't know how to do this, do you? Are you kidding me? And I couldn't, but I was there and I was standing like, I'm not gonna have you say this to me. How, why are you assuming this? It is true, but that's not what it's about. You are assuming just because I'm a chick? What? He didn't get raised or he didn't, it didn't stick. Didn't he have a mother? I guess he did not. My God, it's terrible. I, uh, there's a song from... You literally come outside of a woman. Yeah. How are you even considering men the, the, the strongest gender? I know. We procreate. Yeah. I can have a thing in my belly and it's going to be a human. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Having a vagina is a superpower on its own. And I mean, another thing you see in society, the fact that... Uh, birth control is only for women it's like crazy because if a woman sleeps with a man every night for a a whole year she can like give birth to one or one baby (laughs) if a man sleeps with a woman every 365 days of a year 365 babies could be born right and that, honestly, when I saw that, I think it was like a, a little quote that went mm-hmm. viral-ish yeah, yeah, very yeah. recently. I saw that and I looked at it and I was like, I saw the, the comparison to you have uh, a person who's standing there, you're going to shoot at them. So you have the choice to either take the bullets out the gun or you put uh, a life vest around them, a bulletproof vest. Why would the fuck would you choose to shoot at a bulletproof vest when you can take out the motherfucking bullets i know i know what are we even that's a good one right it's it's such a visual representation and it's just absolutely insane we're gonna get get into depth about this in the slutty science from episode four as well so stick around for that one but i just fucking can't Yeah. yeah would you um oh this is an interesting one as well because this is something that i catch myself wondering and catch myself asking and i'm not proud of it but i'm gonna do it anyways and i would love to talk about this question for starters Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. cis people always ask trans people what's in your pants firstly it's none of your business so stop asking the question how can we normalize whatever is in their pants without being without it being a collective question like Well, I guess uh, cis people who wonder, do your research. There's enough on the internet to know. Watch the slut show. Exactly. And besides that, there's always a point uh, and a place and a way to respectfully ask this. So always wonder yourself, would you ask a cis person at this point, this question? Yes. Like, how long is your penis? Would you just ask that if you met someone? 
Hell no. Unless your name is Ellen Moore, you would not yeah. do so. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, but, yeah, but right? that's a totally different context. I'm but not... the same is for like, uh, people always need to ask trans people, how do you know for sure? But I mean, if you, if I ask you, you are, you know, you're, you identify as a woman. Yes. What makes you a woman? I think and it's you can't, for me, yeah. Can't call uh, 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 body parts. What makes me a woman if it's not my body parts? See, this is very... I knew you were going to ask this to me, so I was thinking about it, and okay, let me just... What makes me a woman? I... Holy shit, this is so hard. Like, trying to answer this question at home, think for yourself what makes me the gender that I think I am. If it's not... Um... Holy shit. I cannot name a single thing. Isn't it just a feeling? You know you are. Yeah. You just feel. It's the same for us. I, I, I just know I'm non-binary. Right. I just... My body works for me. Like You feel comfortable. Yeah. You feel joy. Yeah. If, if there would be um, a different... If, if I would have different genitalia, I would not feel like myself. Because I feel in my head who I am and what I identify as and you cannot pinpoint that no nope. I think that why yeah wow just wow nobody can answer the question right because it's just a feeling yeah so how why are we we are literally putting trans people through years of therapy before we take them seriously yep. literal years before we take that seriously and no fucking cis person out there knows how to say why they are that gender. No. So why are we asking trans people to do this while asking back at the doctor? Why are you the gender you think you are? Exactly. They you don't will have not an be answer? able to answer. No, no. So then why do you need to answer it? Yeah, well, it's the system, the protocol. The letter literal system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so i know that correct me if i'm wrong you had top surgery and you're on testosterone yeah and those are the only uh um surgeries that you wanted to go for absolutely what yep. is what is the reason behind that because uh i feel comfortable with the genitalia i have okay. it gives me pleasure it gives me joy it took a bit of work because i internalized uh how it should be so okay. that I so I experienced a bit of dysphoria in the beginning but I really had a I mean I'm very lucky I have a very beautiful very nice very kind uh, girlfriend who's and so talented as well oh my god she's very talented and I love her and she helped me a lot with working through that process and I'm just very very comfortable with what I am and who I am and good. I don't need any surgery anymore or good for you oh. that is yeah. so good and even if that were to change that is fine as well absolutely yeah i feel like people uh, don't realize that um both sexuality and gender are fluid absolutely and you can there are so many different ways to identify as trans or non-binary you can one day feel like you are more of a man then you're more of a woman then you're yeah. neither then you're both Exactly. Those are options, and uh, I think it's important for, especially transphobic people, to be like, "Oh shit, wait, is that an option?" And actually take it serious. Yeah, yeah. Let it sink in and be like, "Oh, oh, mm. okay." Yeah. Maybe that's. How is um? How did your uh, sex life change in regards to slut shaming? 
being a woman versus passing as a man? Well, I the biggest different difference is that I'm I when I was a when I was perceived as a lesbian woman woman uh, I got a lot of hypersexualization so people always cis men asking if we didn't miss anything if they didn't if, if we couldn't uh, if we wanted them to join if they couldn't join all that kind of stuff so that doesn't happen anymore that's very good and mm-hmm. um, I think I did not really experience much slut shaming actually oh, that's yeah that's great so and maybe that's because i was like a lesbian for a long time and mm-hmm. they liked us yeah well but no I, I i i don't really see a difference in that it's maybe also because i didn't i wasn't i was quite protected with myself when experiencing and developing my sexuality mm-hmm. so it took a long time so i wasn't really open about it long so i didn't didn't really experience that luckily okay good yeah that's great but no i don't experience it now not either no 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 no. right do you feel like when you now talk about um i don't know how how open are you about talking about your sex life with friends and stuff uh pretty open yeah yeah yeah. right do you feel like they are more likely to be like hey you know give me a high five for that one you boned her Whatever. Guys are like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys yeah. are like that. Women aren't. But it's funny because... Damn. Yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, if guys act like that around me, I always feel very uncomfortable. So right. I'm pretty much... I mean, it's not for me, like... Um, I don't need a prize for having sex. I mm-hmm. do it for myself. Yes. <laughs> I'm having very much fun with myself. So it's... Yes. Yeah. So I'm not the one to really... Uh, well i think it's everyone treats their sexuality so different one is like i'm not bragging about it and i'm just having fun with myself Mm -hmm. which is totally cool uh other people are like they start they start a whole show around it (laughs) well i do love talking about sex so right yeah speaking of sex we're gonna be taking a real quick break but we will be back in a second to talk about way more but first can i get some backing vocals Slut Show Sex Position Twister, your weekly dose of bedroom inspiration. Mm. Hop, bunny, hop. This one takes a little bit of practice on the penis owner's part of the deal, but once they get it, they get it. Knee inspection. A fun way for stretching your hamstrings and introducing a little bit of power play, a little bit more submissiveness. You know, you can do a little, a little something here. The pretzel dip. My personal favorite of all of them. Because it makes you coochie real damn tight, honey. What? What's your favorite? Oh my god, I sent them, but I don't know the names again. I don't um, either. Um... I like to lay on my belly mm-hmm. and with my legs closed mm-hmm. and then uh, someone topping me from... If, if you're listening, head over to the video. I will visualize it. Um, that is my favorite position as well. Nice. I loved when you sent me that. I was like, yes, that's mine too. Right. And it had a really good name, but I forgot it. It was really funny. Wasn't it like funny. the pretzel dip? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I love it. I, I think I'm just going to make up my own name because there are so many that's different. perfect. Yeah. True. Such a version. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, what are positions? Do you feel like, um, because you are non-binary that the positions that you use are different in, re- in comparison to your 
cis friends? Well, maybe that I let it all... I, I mean, um, gender is not a, a, a thing in my a sex life. I mean, I can be and act any way I like and mm-hmm. I feel like. So it's not like... I'm the male and she's the female and that's how we position ourselves. Right. We just enjoy our, each other's bodies and we like to switch it up. We like to each be uh, maybe more the active one and then mm-hmm. the more passive one. So we like to let all the constructs go. Yeah. Right. Good for you. I think yeah. it's re- really important also for cis people to try that. Hell yeah. Because, you know... It makes it a lot better. Oh my god, it can be so much fun to be tied to a bed. Or like, I love tying men to a bed. Mm. It's so entertaining to me. Yeah, I get that. I do also like the fact that uh, being a man and being submissive, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, it's like the power play with it also. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, I understand why. I also... Yaffy loves it too. Oh, he does? Yeah, I heard he was tied up already. Ooh, yes, he oh, was. You dirty boy. You dirty little friend. You? Oh, God. Friend, indeed. Friend we don't know indeed. if you're a boy. I should start saying they. They, they yeah. are so cute. They are so they cute. They are so cute. Indeed. I, we like during recording days we record it totally crisscross so like we've shot episodes from season five relatively late we're now shooting episode two of season four so in other episodes i'm going to be referring to them as him and now you're going to be like ellen why are you mixing it up like that well now you know (laughs) a little behind the scenes sneak peek of that um how do you incorporate sex toys in your life in your in your sex life uh well i love sex toys so so yeah Just like last week's episode, this episode too is sponsored by our partner Osuga, which is a brand founded in 2015 by and for women. They have two different products, the Cuddly Bird, which I showed you last week, and the G-Spa. This is kind of like, if you don't have any sex toys, either participate in the giveaway or buy it for yourself, because it can simulate your G-Spot like this, then it also has the vibration function, which... And then you can also turn on the air pulsation function, which also goes hard. <laughs> Good kind of hard. Um, and what I love about this one, you can use them separately, you can use them together, um, and it combines really nicely. It has this little very cute uh, charging station, which is wireless. so fucking great too and the fun thing is that if you are for example two women or two people who have vaginas then one can be on top of this one and the other can put this on their clit so it's also super uh, lgbtq friendly and they come in three different colors the blue one the yellow one and the pink one look look Uh, I get to give one away to you guys at home. If you want to see how you you can participate in the giveaway, head over to Instagram at the slash show with Ellen Moore and you can find all the details. If you want to buy one for yourself, which I do recommend because if you don't have any sex toys, like get your hands on this one because it is so versatile. It has so many different options. I am genuinely excited and not because I'm getting paid. So that being said, um, I get to give one away. Head over to my Instagram to see how you can participate. And if you want to Uh, get a little discount. You can get 20% off of your entire order um, when you head over to their website with the code The Slut Show. So enjoy. I love uh, all kinds. I'm for myself when I masturbate. I really like uh, vibrations. So I, I 
I'm not someone who can do it with only my hands, so I really need vibration. So we incorporate toys pretty much. Nice. Especially when I'm alone, but also together, yeah. We love it. Nice. What sex toys do you have? Uh, I have a lot. Nice. Uh, I really, really love Womanizer and uh, Satisfier. I have like four Satisfiers. Yes. Like two of the Pro 2, the pink oh, one with yes. the and i have one with like this uh dildo on it as well and a oh, suction cup the, the, yeah the long one the, and then with a suction cup on it as well this this one it's here yeah yeah this one this one beauty yeah <laughs> and i have like this older uh, satisfier like the white it's pretty bigger it's bigger and it has like this um uh, vibration function as well nice. on the other side yeah and nice. we have uh, strap-ons mm. and uh, we have like uh, cuffs and paddles and you have the whole shebang i yeah. love it yeah i love it too rope stuff like that Ooh, yeah very sexy blindfolds yeah so are you, would you say you have a kink or a fetish yeah, I like it kinky, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. how kinky are we speaking? I, I'm still discovering the more kinky side, so... Awesome. Yeah, but I like the dominant submissive um, mm -hmm. stuff, yeah, like that, yeah. I'm still Yes, yes, Okay. Yes. Do you like a little face slapping? Is that something you're into? I guess I could get into that, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I think it's very interesting because... Uh, growing up, I thought like, um, oh my god, BDSM, ew, you know. Mm -hmm, but same. then when you sort of try and let go of all the internalized shit that's in, like all the mm -hmm. misogyny inside you, really, yeah. Uh, and and like sex negativity. Um, oh yeah. As soon as you kind of turn to sex positivity and you start following like sex positive accounts, you start listening to, you know, podcasts like The Slut Show. Um, you really explore your sexuality by listening to stories of others. Yep. What would you say is the sluttiest thing, kinkiest, fetishist thing you've ever done? Oh Let's give him some inspiration. We do so much kinky. You can name a couple. We, we have all the time in the world, honey. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, well, um, we love tying each other up. That's... To, to the bed? To yeah, like to the bed. No, door. the bed. We really still want to have those, like, you have these uh, cuffs that you can put over the door and keep your hands up. Yeah, it's Ooh. awesome. You have to, like, put them through and then close the door and then... Ooh, yeah, so that's, very interesting. That's what I want as well. And um, we did a trio once. Oh, which was really nice. Okay, yeah. who did you add? Maybe not the literal who, but a, a guy. Oh, okay. a really, really cute, nice guy. We met. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so how did that happen? Well, we we discussed uh, the way we wanted to shape our relationship mm -hmm. and i still really wanted to um, explore my sexuality uh, especially regarding to men because i've only dated women and i'm i i i'm attracted to people so male right. female anything in between anything i like people mm -hmm. and but i didn't really i haven't really discovered it especially uh, um, like 
when I was female, it was different different to connect with men than it is now. So I still right. want to really discover that. So we talked about that and we're in the process of shaping our, our relationship and trying to find out what's best for us. So, what works best. Yeah, and for now we decided that, and I think that's the best form for us, that we, have, we are like the core relationship mm-hmm. and... Uh, the only uh, love relationship in mm-hmm. the, in a way and we are able to discuss and uh, experience stuff outside the relationship uh, okay cool that. so yeah. is that the form of polyamory kind of that you're no I wouldn't say polyamorous but I would say because I don't think I can be in love with more people at the same time in the same depth is, is polyamory necessarily that you are in love with multiple people or is it more it's, I think it's, it could be different for different people. And I think for us, uh, we would like to name it like sort of an open relationship. Right. In yeah. a way. Yeah. That's what we're comfortable with. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. That's super interesting. I have never experienced anything open or polyamorous or anything in that regard. What, mm-hmm. what would be a tip or trick or advice you could give people who are like, hmm, might be something for me? talk about it a lot yeah really really talk about it also the the doubts the insecurities the the fears and uh, be open about it be open about your uh, desires and about your boundaries right um things you're scared of maybe yeah especially yeah yeah right. yeah and um slowly find out if if that's if that's uh, a way you want to shape your relationship uh, yeah. Um, bye. Yep. What are things that you learned from doing this? I think the the main thing for me was that uh, it's not about that I'm not satisfied with my relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very super happy in my relationship. So it's yeah. really not about that. And the fact that jealousy is also for me an important uh, reminder that she is super important to me. Yeah. So for me, it's not much of. N- I don't consider jealousy uh, to be negative uh, directly. I mean, it could be. It, it's an. It's not a nice feeling, but it's for me. It's really important to remind me of uh, what what's important. Yeah. yeah. Who's the most important to you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I. I good for you for experimenting with that and letting go of all the social stigmas that have been put around everything open uh or or polyamorous in general like there is monogamy is considered to be the only form of love in this society and even though i i am not a fan of second love when when you're cheating on people as when you can do it in an open way you respect people's boundaries and you um yeah you can do it in a very healthy way yep. in a very healthy manner yep. um who's someone who impacts it your life most for the better for the better my i think my best friend i've had a best friend she was also my first girlfriend and we're still best friends uh and she impacted my life enormously she really in a way saved me she gave me a, a real safe space when i was really troubled when i had trouble with my uh, psychological health and she always stuck with me through the thick and thin so and mm-hmm. she accepted me for 
who I am mm -hmm. completely. So I, yeah, she gave me like this really safe space, and without her, I don't think I could be where I am now. Yeah. So that's she's, amazing. Yeah. It's so important to gather people around you who support you like that. Yeah. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter how bad it gets, absolutely, people are always there for you. And I feel yeah. like people like reach out to people. I saw saw a quote once saying, "I would so much rather." fly to wherever you are to listen to you complain for 24 hours then attend your funeral i would so much rather do that yeah um so never feel like a burden in that sense and open up about these things because if you don't it can end very poorly absolutely and yeah. if you're watching this and you're struggling with that you're worthy you're seen you're loved and talk please yeah. talk absolutely yeah how do you see the future right now i'm pretty excited for the future yeah I, 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 I'm gonna graduate my studies next year so that's awesome and then I'll be uh, officially a, a theater maker and an actor yeah what is it what what changed in in making theater when your uh, perceived gender changed well the thing I called about the um, um, uh, I said about that when I told like emotional stuff they used to say it would be a bit um, yeah, a little path yeah, and pathetic is not the right word but uh, too emotional right. they called it too emotional and now when I tell the pretty much the same story um, it's not like that anymore so yeah <laughs> that also shows and I mean the world because I do like comedy it's like comedy cabaretier mm -hmm. you have, don't have a word in English for it so. comedian comedian yeah, yeah it's not the same thing right but, yeah uh, and you see that the world of comedians is still a very much cis white heterosexual world so absolutely I really like to make a change on that yeah yeah so and for me it's really important to incorporate my experience from uh, being perceived as female as be and being perceived as male right and the experience of i've had as a female and how that impacted my life so that's a very important part of what i'm making as well as my gender identity and the circles around that yeah of course all your personal experience you put into the things you create absolutely yeah for i i once had someone reply to a story of mine saying um why are you sharing this women are not funny um, and I, I, I went batshit crazy. I was so, so angry. I have no idea. And um, not making those kinds of jokes, that's misogyny. That's the patriarchy at its finest. And yeah. it's these tiny things like uh, women are not funny. Why are you like uh, trying to control women's bodies in regards to abortion, uh, trying to control uh, trans people's bodies when you're cis? Those are all things that are contributing to the world we want to escape from mm -hmm. and the changes we want to make in the world so call out friends who make those kinds of jokes it's that's where it starts yeah Oh, calling yeah, each other out talk Absolutely. to your boys same about uh, in, uh, information about trans people uh, uh, explain around uh, explain it to the people around you who don't know uh, explain to the people who are trans who have transphobic uh, thoughts or say transphobic things you have to uh, uh, hold them accountable especially if you're uh, yourself are cis or white and I mean that's your job that's being a real yeah. ally yeah it's not always about uh, telling it to the whole world but 
also using your power in your own circle, your close circle. That's even more important. Especially, yeah, yeah, because otherwise, at one point, you can have cannot have a conversation anymore. Mm. Yeah. Why? Um, I try to ask this on every show that I do with a trans person, whatever umbrella term mm -hmm. they fall within. Um, if you would be able to choose to be born cis, would you? No. What makes being trans fun? It gives me so much freedom and so much joy. And I mean, lots of strength to come to my true self, to choose to go through with what I really want is very empowering. How did you become confident in your body? That's that's a tough question. I mean, transitioning really helped, but before that I really had to work on loving myself and taking good care of myself even before transitioning, especially before transitioning. Uh, so it took a lot of work. Yeah, it took a lot of work. Put in the hours. Yes, it's worth it because you're the only one uh, who can do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very important for you to say, indeed, that it's worth it. Absolutely. That that might give hope to some uh, mm. young LGBTQIA plus yes. folks tuning in. Yes. That being said, um, what would you say to your younger self if you could have a conversation with them? You are perfectly beautiful, perfectly perfect the way you are and love yourself. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for this super honest, real, raw conversation. Uh, I loved having you on the show. I was so excited and you, uh, it was perfect. I loved Thank it. Thank you. I really liked being here. Yes. Awesome. Thank you at home so much for tuning in for this week's episode of The Slut Show. Next week, I will be back, same place, same time. And then you will be seeing this. What the <laughs> fuck is radical about wanting to be treated fucking equal that's not radical so Fuck me when did you learn about feminism you were the only one that you have to deal with your whole fucking life so you better you better start being friends with yourself better fall in love with yourself because you're the only one there yeah, right exactly. now we think that fat is unhealthy which is not the case look at fucking lizzo she can dance and sing and twerk and play the flute for two hours straight and you're gonna tell me that she's unhealthy you're like, gonna tell me that i'm healthier than lizzo is <laughs> don't fucking think <laughs> so honey so stupid, yeah. I, I walk up one pair of stairs i'm out of breath i'm like shit i'm gonna have a heart attack what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about i'm healthy i'm skinny yeah. not healthy that's not the same exactly. you're not narcissistic for liking yourself give us the same rights you have and you will same still have the same rights exactly you yeah. will just not have the privilege over us and that's something exactly. you're refusing to give up i do have a lot of sluts around me so that's nice hey uh, give it up for the <laughs> sluts in town slut show and as soon as we start like realizing shit sex is fun mm. that was such an eye opener for me <laughs> yeah. If you want to read the information from Slutty Science again, you can head over to theslutshow.org. Yes, orgasm. Theslutshow.org, where you are also now able to get your hands on my five-piece postcard collection. <gasps> oh my god, it's out. So uh, go buy it, because it's dedicated to destroying the patriarchy and empowering you all. Um, if you would like to support The Slut Show in another way, you can do so by heading over to my Patreon page, where you can buy me a coffee, which is only 40 euros a month, or you can donate just once would help both me and the team behind the camera tremendously. Please follow me on Instagram at The Slut Show with Alan Moore because you can also send in questions that we answer on our mail segment. I will put all your social media details in the description as well. Definitely give them a follow because you won't regret it. Um, don't forget to give the video a thumbs up, subscribe, share The Slut Show with your friends. 
all of it do it because i would appreciate it <laughs> again thank you so much for um watching thank you so much for being here thanks for having me and for now sluts, sluts out, out. <laughs>